All right. Let's turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 11. Seems like we spend a lot of time there recently, and I don't know how much longer God will keep us uh, on the path of revisiting this powerful chapter, but um, for now, it's just a blessing to continue to find wonderful, um, wonderful words from the Scripture. You know, last week we were there talking about the first, uh, let's see, the first uh, 13 verses <laughs> of uh, Luke 11, and now we're at verse 27 and 28. Let's read these two verses. And, and I, I want to say that this is really, you know, what we talked about last week, and then Jesus talked uh, from verse 14 about spiritual warfare and taking strongholds and the operation of Satan's kingdom with Beelzebub is a very, very important passage that we've looked at many, many times and written many materials about. I'm still open to any other kind of revelation God wants to give out of that. But so you had what we talked about last week and then the discussion of casting out demons and then verse 27. It came to pass as he spoke these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. But he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Father, we ask your blessing upon this scripture today. Thank you for guiding us in the study of your eternal word. Let your spirit come upon us now and guide us into the truths that you want us to be uh, entered into. And we ask for favor throughout the miles, in this place, as we declare your word today. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it's very interesting that after Jesus talks about all these things, you think, think about what he just was talking about. And uh, it says, after he taught these things. So it wasn't some kind of a thing where you know, oh, you know, Jesus taught this, but we've got this over here. Let's stick this right here in this passage. That's not what happened. Right after Jesus talked all these things, a woman lifts up her voice out of the group and says, basically, blessed be your mother. From the womb to the paps, bless her. And, of course, we do honor what, um, what Mary did. We honor that. What an example of partnering with God and in partnering in grace and believing for a miracle and submitting to the Spirit and being what we should all be. I remember when David Duplessis would come here and speak. A couple of times I remember him being here, and we recorded him in the studio, and he said we ought to all be pregnant with Jesus. And he was speaking about that willingness to say, be it unto me according to your word. Um, but this is a very interesting thing. I know that the Catholics would read this, and in some of their liturgy, they use this to beatify and glorify Mary. But I want you to hear what Jesus says to this woman. He says, Yea, rather, 
Now, if you look at what that phrase means, it can be many-faceted. But the most important part of it is that, yeah, that's true, but the greater thing is this. And that, in essence, is what that yea rather means. He was acknowledging a blessing on his mother, who I'm sure he very deeply loved. I know God loves her. Um, but then he says, the most important thing is what I'm about to tell you. And that's really what you and I have embraced over these years as a pneumatikos house, that we hear the logos of God and we keep it. It's so important that, that we understand those two things. It's very similar to what John the Baptist, the friend of the bridegroom, the, the scripture says, did. He stood faithful in what God had called him to, and he heard, he listened, and then he did. Um, we, we can't just listen. We've got to be doers of the word and not hearers only. We've got to be willing to hear the word. Now, how do we hear the word? Is it just when you turn on the internet and you, you hear somebody preach, or you maybe have Alexander Scorby or James Earl Jones? <laughs> I was thinking about downloading that app with James Earl Jones reading the scripture, but I thought, I'm just going to think Darth Vader's saying this, so I don't really want to hear it. And certainly, I don't want to hear, this is CNN, because I don't want to think of that either. But, or is it just waiting to hear the various things that are online that we produce and distribute, or what you hear in the Word uh, from the sanctuary? Um, hearing the Word is is a 24-hour-a-day readiness. Hearing the Word is you studying the Word and listening to what the Spirit may say to you every day, every moment. And it, it's amazing. Some of you, you know, again, I keep mentioning you, Les, I'm going to have to pay you royalties. I don't treat everybody this way. But you said certain things today that are right in line with what I'm saying. You were talking about your family, Monica and the kids and, and you, and I guess maybe even your new daughter-in-law. You're reading through the Scripture every year. And how God speaks to you when you're reading that. We need to believe that as we're reading the Word, that the Spirit of the Lord, through His voice and through the study tools that you've been granted and through the understandings that God has given us over the years, that God can speak things to you every day. So you're hearing and you're really listening. We've got to do that. So when some woman, not, not, nothing against woman, this could have been a man who said it. Blessed be the womb and the paps of your mommy. Um, he says, he equates that to how we hear from God. How we receive from God life and sustenance. You know, I've learned a lot over the years. Um, maybe I didn't pay much attention when I was... When we had our little girls, which is kind of hard to believe that they're now grown women, um, but I watched Levi. Many of you have had the privilege of feeding that, that Buster Brown. And he loves his bottle. He loves those little pieces of egg or those little um, things you can squeeze out of the tube, those organic fruit things that you can put in his mouth. He, he loves it, and 
when, um, when, <laughs> when it's all gone, he wants more. And he lets them know he wants more. And, um, you know, it's helping him to grow. He's getting strong. And, and we, we're thankful that we have in, here in this country still the ability to provide for our children and grandchildren. And we're thankful for the miracle of life, the miracle of birth. And several of you in this place or in your families have experienced a miracle, a true miracle in the childbearing process. I know I was one of those. I know our twins were one of those. And so many of you have faced that. So we're grateful for that. But the most important thing is, are you growing in the Lord? Are you cherishing His Word? Are you making it a part or, or the main part with your intercession of what you do every day? And that's so very important. But what we really want to focus on today is what it means to keep the Word. Now, if you were to look and you were to see this word, you would see that it primarily says to guard over or to keep as if uh, you were guarding over prisoners or you were guarding over some treasure and you were preserving it. And I, I am in agreement that that is something that is necessary, particularly in this time frame we're living in. When so many people are deceived by demonic doctrines and deceived by um, those things that come straight out of the council of the demonic seven, and they ridicule and mock and try to tear down the validity and the accuracy of God's word, it is happening everywhere, everywhere. And, and, and it's being done with great, um, with great accolades and with some of the finest Hollywood-like presentations. You know, I'm not asking you to do this. Stay away from it because it's like poison. But there are so many things on YouTube, so many things on the Internet that are just slick teachings by, by people with many degrees behind their names from um, schools that used to represent a pure study of the Word of God. And you watch some of these things, and they're very persuasive, but they're just demonic. And the main target is to come against the validity of the Word of God. And so, yes, we have to cherish the Word because not one jot or tittle is ever going to pass away. And the Bible says and warns us in the book of Revelation that we overcome the enemy in the last day by the sprinkling, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word, the logos, of his testimony. That, so basically, what the enemy is trying to do is remove the weapons that are going to overcome him from the main sway of the, of, the, of the church to remove the word of God and to remove the idea of what it is to receive that and die before the Lord on behalf of his purpose and to just make the blood of the Lamb as something that is just a memorial we cannot let that happen. We cannot allow that to happen in our lives, and we need to continue to represent that and teach that. We guard over the validity of this. Like these are weapons that God has given us, not just weapons, 
but cherished gifts from God. We have to guard over them. And we have to make sure that we don't allow anything to destroy the vitality of that passion for His Word in our lives. We need this, and we've got to adamantly guard over it. And with that, we don't allow any other thing to come and say it's equal to the Word of God. We don't allow any other thing to come and say, well, this is also a Word from God. That's happening too. Demonic doctrines in so many other religions that we once knew were not God's way to knowing Him. Uh, there's only one way to knowing God, and that's through Jesus Christ our Lord and His sacrifice. But some of those things that we used to know were demonic. A lot of the progressive movement is embracing as being equal to the Word of God. That's not good either. That is not acceptable. And in, in our guarding over the Word, we're not going to be able to stop somebody else from believing that nonsense, but we need to really put up the barricades in our own thinking to recognize, no, that's not right. There's only one truth, and that's the Word of God. You know, even sometimes after I've watched, I remember before, I guess it was three seminars ago, when we talked a lot about the progressive movement, and we went through a number of books that are out there, Oprah's publicizing them. And if you got BookBub or some other thing, they publicize and they speak about these authors. Oh, this is a great revelation in your spirituality. Even after I read those books, and they were at heart, you can read some things that you think, oh yeah, that's really great. And then the next page is something just filthy, something horrible. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous. And, and after I would read them, I would lay on my face before God and ask God to wash me with the purity of his word, with what he had taught, and wash me by his blood. And the only reason I was looking at it was so that I could speak about it and warn the saints. Because it's one thing for me to say, like when I was growing up, I was told, oh, you don't do that. Oh, you better not do that. And it was a bunch of rules. And you never asked Dad why. Because why was an invitation for a slapping. And so that was not coming. And so you just thought. You, you can imagine what this little brain was thinking. Now, wait a second. There is no reason in the world that I can't throw a ball on a Sunday. That makes no sense at all. That makes no sense at all. God is not looking down from his throne with all the other things that he's watching and saying, uh-oh, Ronnie's throwing a ball. Get a lightning bolt ready. Those kinds of things made no sense. And, um, you know, lots of other things like that. But the point, though, is that we, uh, we, we understand, by as we talk to the Lord, he, he shares through his word what he's doing, why he says this, clarifying things. The whole rules of the Sabbath have taken on a whole new light for us, hasn't it? And what it means to be a, a seventh-day son of the Most High God. What that means in the flow pattern of God's ways. And why God was saying, you keep this holy unto me. As a saint, we understand to the degree that God has shown what holiness is. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's partnering with God in restoration and bringing forth something 
that, that he, from the foundation of the world, wanted to do that is now needing to be manifest before the end of all things comes. And, and as, you, as you are partnering with that, through that recognition, you say, well, I can see why you shouldn't do this, because this is exactly against that. But you know the way it is. People start making rules, and we become pharisaical. We say, don't do this, and then you add a little bit more on, don't do that. Before you know, you got 15 fences, and the real truth that's in the center of that whole thing, we don't see because we can't question it. And wasn't that what the Pharisees got ticked off with Jesus about? The people said, this man is speaking the same scriptures that the Pharisees say, but he's speaking it with dunamis, with function. He's showing us what it means. And boy, were they irritated about that, the, the Pharisees. So we guard over God's word, and we protect it, and we cherish it. But here is where, here is where we need to go deeper. Now, this word that means guarding and keeping is not the essence of what Jesus was really trying to communicate. Because if you dig a little deeper and you see how the root, the true root of this word, if you click on Strong's, it'll take you to a word that means to, um, to honor a tribal identity or a clan identity. So even Strong says that that first mandate from Jesus is really speaking about the identity that God has called you to be as a people. So once we started to study the Word, pretty soon, just a blink in God's eye or even the beginning of a blink, after a few years, he started bringing other people from around the world who shared the same hunger for the Word. And soon after, we began to pray and embrace the Word beyond what we'd ever done before. And I can say that. I mean, I grew up memorizing scriptures. I grew up, my mom still had all the little medals and the trinkets you know, I, maybe if I still had him, Dennis and I could compare how many of those he had. I think Tammy had more than both of us. But, you know, I studied. I love the Word. I studied the Word. And then I went and got a bachelor's degree in, in the Word and then a master's degree in the Word. So I know I'm thankful for studying the Word. But when I say when we started to really dig into the Word, I say it was like a light turned on. Uh, after we accepted this calling God gave us, and suddenly the world word took on a, a brand new meaning for me. It didn't discredit anything that I had studied. In fact, those studies prepared me for what we're doing now. I never understood that at the time. You know, it's funny because um, when we came here, I was just finishing uh, the master's degree, and I made arrangements with God made arrangements with a man named Stanley Horton who wrote a great number of the textbooks that are used in all the Assemblies of God universities to study doctrine and all kinds of other things. Stanley Horton, Dr. Horton, wonderful man. And he agreed to be my, my thesis supervisor, which I didn't realize what an honor that was. But he, he did that for me. And so I wrote this thing, submitted it, we 
got our little U-Haul van and came down here. And a few months later, Brother Fjordbach said, um, we're going to be recording Dr. Horton in our studio here um, in just a month. And I thought, okay, I haven't got my grade back yet. And I'm going to be sent over to the airport to pick up Dr. Horton. <laughs> I hope I did a good job. And so I remember getting in the car, and only he thinks this, only Horton think, thought this way. He's dead now. He gets in the car, and of all the students and all the things he's doing, writing opinion papers for the assemblies, for this and for that, he gets in the car, and he reaches into his inner pocket of his suit jacket and hands me my master's thesis. And I thought, how did you even know that I was going to pick you up? But the point, though, is that that was, that was, an, amazing, that was an amazing thing. And I was great, so grateful that he gave me an A. But I was just, I was stunned by that. And here, here I am driving him here, and it was a pleasure to have him here. Uh, we, we subsequently surrendered. We didn't surrender. We gave all of those teachings that were done to uh, a, a department in the assemblies that Brother Delateo used to work uh, in, in Miami, that uh, sent teachings around the world. It wasn't ICI. It was another group. So we gave all those teachings that were on big three-quarter inch tape from here. We gave them to them. So that work is being done. But the study of the Word is very, very important. And, and as we studied the Word, as saints, God began to bring together, really, a nation of saints. I hesitate calling it Saints Nation because people think that's the football team in New Orleans. Um, but God began to bring a, a group around the world, and he still adds this. He's still adding this. An identity of saints. Uh, and, and really, Peter calls it a holy nation, which is basically a saint's nation. But this idea stemming from studying and guarding the word, the root of that is a nation or a tribe of people that are devoted to God. We've seen that play out here, haven't we? We really have. But it doesn't stop there. The, this root word is used to describe our physical body. In fact, if you, even the first three, four letters, P-H-Y-S, is the Greek word that is used to describe the, this thing of keeping the word. And, you know, uh, and it, it's also used to describe physician, um, how we guard over our physical life, how we guard over this physical body how we guard over our health. It's used to describe good health. So how do you guard over your body? Do you stand there with a gun and watch it all the time? Some don't guard over their body at all. But um, how do you watch over your health? You look at what you're doing. You watch what you eat. You watch how much you eat. You watch the things you do. And, you know, if you start having this symptom or this challenge, you... You do your very best to guard over that and do what you need to do. And, and so here Jesus has talked about watching, and then he talks about 
preserving the people that you're with and preserving who's part of that nature, uh, nation and who shouldn't be, even though you love them. Um, but he also talks about how we receive the word into our physical structure, who we are, what we are. Guarding the word in our life is not a bunch of rules. It's honoring that word and making sure that it is a part of everything that we are. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but it will guard over everything that I am. That's part of what Jesus was saying, but it doesn't end there. It speaks about growing. Growing is such a part of this root. And in fact, there's a negative utilization of this root that speaks about being puffed up with pride or being puffed up by false doctrine. So you can either become that or you can grow in the Lord and mature and develop. And I think, I think this is an interesting thing over these past few years. When we begin to talk about God transitioning us, we begin to talk about God changing us in new ways that were beyond anything we've known, even beyond what happened at the beginning. It was at that point that the enemy started to try to pair people off from this holy calling in regard to honoring an iniquity within them or welcoming some other kind of pursuit. And they began to be, uh, I'm not faulting them, I'm just describing in this context, puffed up through those things. So you had people that were wanting to grow in the Lord and to, and to take the next step in this maturation of what God has called us to be as representatives of his word and what God has called us to be as people who are uh, growing as a, as a body and seeing this, this growth of the saints, nations around the world exponentially growing. At the same time, you had a puffing up and you had an inflating, which is a variation of this term in a negative way. And I don't think that's by accident. I think that is exactly how the enemy attacked. I mean, if you're going to attack a strategy that the Lord Jesus Christ says is going to happen through people who are interceding as a nation of intercessors and saints who are receiving the word, how does the enemy attack that growth? Well, he twists it as he always tries to do if he can. And he makes people either follow their own their own iniquities or their own lustful desires or their responding to their own offenses and 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 then they begin puffed up in that way that is there but it's part of growing and maturing but it continues this this root is also described uh, describing a a lump of of dough that the baker would make and how that it is needed and then it through its own natural process begins to grow remember the studies we've done and we're coming to the communion table about how that when we commune with god we are not coming with the leaven of our past we're coming before him for fresh word and through that fresh word as we work it and lay it before him he will cause it to grow line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. That's how the Word of God grows. And this Word speaks about that process. And I think that is quite interesting, but something that we have learned and experienced and continue to experience. But it 
keeps on going. This word is also described, describes the leaves of the trees. And in the New Testament, it's used, not, not this word for guarding, but the root. And there's extrapolations off the root to describe this six times in the New Testament. Um, and, and they are divided between the fig tree and the tree of life in the book of Revelation. So the fig tree, when it begins to manifest its leaves and to grow bigger because of the extension of the branches and the leaves, that is a sign of the coming of summer. And, and when Jesus would speak about that fig tree, remember Andrew there and the commune with God, but then he spoke about the fig tree, cursed one of them, about um, how, you know, the fig tree is a sign of what's coming in the end time. The fig tree is a sign of what, of when you see this begin to happen, then you know that the kingdom of God is about to come. Behold the fig tree. So for us as saints who are waiting on God, trying to prophetically follow him, his word is going to guide us into understandings of the trends that God's spirit is going to do and what is coming. And we grow an understanding of that. That, that fig tree begins to herald what is coming, and that describes its leaves. But then, of course, the tree of life in the book of Revelation, same word used for leaves. And it speaks about how that the saints who are faithful have right to the tree of life, and that those leaves, those leaves, are for the healing of the nations. Isn't that what it says, or am I making that up? No, that's what it says. And sometimes we've wondered, what in the world, how are we going to get that leaf down here? Is God going to give us a portal? We're going to be, okay, you got, uh, you got the next minute, go over, grab a leaf, and then I'm going to transport you down to Brazil. Now, that can happen. But with what we've seen so far, with what Jesus is talking about the Word, I have a, I have a very strong feeling that God is going to be giving us further insights built upon what He's already shown us that are going to be able to be proclaimed and applied into international scenarios and we're going to see miracles triggered through that, which is going to bring about measures of restoration and healing for the people who want to receive. But it's all about the Word. See, this link from the Word of God to the tree of life, or even to the fig tree, is vital for me. It excites me deep in my spirit, because we've talked about coming before the Lord, hearing what He says so that we can give warnings and be prepared and, and to be readied and to teach people but also for that gift of going into the nations and, and speaking the vitality of what God's doing. It all stems from the Word. And we need to see that. And we need to thank God for it. And I, as I thought about that, I remembered what happened as I read and you all read in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve listened to the serpent, disobeyed God, and then what did they do? They got leaves to cover themselves. And I wonder if there's not a connection between 
Well, we've been talking about God's Word. And God, that, was, that whole thing was about God's Word. Hath God said, Satan said to her. What has God said? And, and when they were separated then from God because of what they had done in disobedience to his word, they start grasping for other leaves in their own devices to cover themselves and to cover their shame. God was not expunging their shame. You know, some, there's a, that's a big doctrine. You know, let's preach about people's shame. Well, I'm sorry. I don't want anybody to be in shame. Here's the answer to how not to be in shame. You go to the Lord. You ask forgiveness. You get right with God. And there is therefore no condemnation unto you. Amen? That's how you deal with shame. God doesn't do like uh, Biden has done with student debt, saying, yeah, yeah, you were a sin, but I'm just going to, you don't have to do anything. I'm just going to wipe that out. No, no, no. You've got to come. You've got to come, and you've got to confess your sins, and God is, is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's what the Word says, and there are many other scriptures. And I just wonder if part of that Adam and Eve business of covering themselves with leaves, I, I for wonder, I don't want to go too far with this, but they were the only two people there. Who were they going to hide themselves from? You know, the zebra? <laughs> I mean... It's not like they're walking down Main Street with no clothes on. I mean, they were both fully aware of what each other looked like. So the idea, hey, maybe we better cover ourselves up. I don't think there was a strong cold front that was blowing into Eden at that point. This business of the leaves, I think, is highly, not only symbolic, but it's speaking about what Jesus says about his word and how that fig tree, hearing what God wants, knowing what God wants, and knowing how to serve him and what he's doing and what he's going to do, and as well, knowing how to take what God has intended for this earth and for the lands of this earth and applying it. Those were basically the two assignments that Adam and Eve had, wasn't it? Of course it was. You know, that earth was without form and void. That earth was covered in darkness up till a very short time before. And they were partnering with God, I fully, fully believe, in the Ruach of the day to go and take him and take what he wanted for that earth, for mankind, and to ex expand his kingdom on earth, just like you and I are called to do that. So I just can't separate their covering themselves with leaves from this principle of guarding the word and letting it grow in us and aligning ourselves with those who are pursuants of the agape in a similar way. And, you know, all these other things that we said, receiving the word as a fresh dough from the Lord and letting it grow and develop by his work, not by ours. And, and also, there was another way that this is used to transplant trees to take shrubs, and, and, and the word that's used to transplant into a new place is this word. And haven't we been assigned to do that? Such as I have, give I thee. We go where God says go, and we take the seeds of the word, we take whatever it is that God's given us, and we, I'm, I'm not patting ourselves on the back, I don't want to have to go to therapy for that, 
But, you know, that's what we do, isn't it? So, blessed is the womb and the paps which gave you suck. Yes, but let me tell you something beyond that. Blessed are those who hear the Logos and keep it. That's at the very end of his teaching on how we pray as sons, the Lord's Prayer, and spiritual warfare for strongholds. You notice that. And it came to pass as he spoke, what things? These things. And then he says this. I think that's wonderful. But it really describes who we are. And as we come to this table of communion today, and those of you who are joining us online or uh, by archive later today, um, I pray that you're prepared to receive. If you're not, you can pause this broadcast and go and get ready. Um, I, I thank God for his blood. I know you do too. We need to continually be asking God for a fresh sprinkling upon, oh boy, if there was ever a time we needed upon the evil conscience, both in the things we hear, the things we see around us, and the way we, we we're, t you know, as good Americans wanting to react, we need the fresh sprinkling of the blood on our evil conscience and to get rid of that. Or not get rid of it. You always have to watch over it. But to make sure it's clean and it's pure. So we're thinking with the mind of Christ. And, um, but also this bread, this bread that represents the words from the Father that we've been talking about today. And I, and I pray of all the things that God wants to do at this table of grace, that you would take special time to, first of all, give him thanks for the way his word from him has impacted your life. And thank him for the way that his spirit has guided all of us into his truths, things that are not normally seen but are right there in the word. Give him thanks for that. And then ask him to help you to be even a greater steward of that word than you've ever been. I'm grateful for this. This is a simple message today. And, I, but, but, you know, in the midst of it, I'm so thankful because as I was ticking off these variations, I was just astounded because it describes what you and I and our network family have become and what we do, keeping the word. That is what he said. And so just spend the time today, as well as whatever else the Lord may want to do through you, and give him thanks, though, when you come to this bread. Thank him that we each have a place in the body of Christ, because we are that. Thank him for his word, that living word. Thank him. Thank our Father for sharing these words with us. And ask him to continue to do it. We devoted ourselves to this, and we will continue to do it. Thank him for the way he exponentially causes that word to grow. Thank him for allowing us to be those that are 
or gain insight about what's coming and and a part of that pastoral grift to know how the spirit is moving and and with the, the leaves of the fig tree and and help us to be able to really take that step into what you have prophesied for the saints regarding the trees of life and the healing of the nations thank him for being able to transplant this into other places thank him for all these things that are readily there in the word and i believe that as we did at the beginning of this message where we gave thanks to the lord for what he did regarding this rain this past week i think that it, that a much bigger blessing a much bigger miracle is this vitality of the word and so let's thank him for that father as we approach this table of communion this table of grace i speak blessing over all of our saints family and and i speak blessing over this house and as pastor here i want to thank you father for the willingness of these veteran saints to withstand so many things that tried to uproot them and take them out but yet they remained faithful not not to me we're just all in this together but faithful to you and thank you for helping us and strengthening us when we were weak and maybe were vacillating on the on the borderline you preserved us thank you for that and we pray father that as we come before this table today that we would truly meet with you, give you thanks, and receive what you want to impart to us today. God bless this people. God bless this house. God bless the work that he's giving us. We love you, Jesus, and we ask all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. And as Katie plays... If you want to come on up and receive this and just enter into worship as she's leading us and then find a place to pray, spend as much time as you want. God bless you.